You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's time. It's time to hit the ice, Penguin fans. Chris Mack had you covered with all the news and notes surrounding, surrounding your Penguin. Only on 5th Avenue Faceoff. Welcome in. It is Fifth Avenue Faceoff, a rare weekend episode of Fifth Avenue Faceoff. Although maybe you're listening to this on Monday as the Penguins get ready for a return engagement against the New York Islanders. This one at home after they blew a lead on Long Island on Friday night. Uh, I don't know about you, but there were some serious PTSD moments there. Throwing it back to 2021 and 2019 and those first round exits at the hands of the New York Islanders. And you hate to see a blown lead, but a blown lead on Long Island to that team who's chasing you down in a four-point game, no good, no good. And even worse yet, Saturday night's loss to the Devils because for the first period, the Penguins, I thought, played fairly well. And then all of a sudden, it was like somebody flipped a switch. The Devils came alive, and the Penguins just... I wouldn't call it disinterested. It, it, it was like they they forgot everything they were supposed to be doing. They tried to do too much. They turned the puck over, in particular on the power play, a shorthanded goal scored by Nico Heeshier, uh, who had a four-point night, including an empty netter late to put things away. Uh, and the Penguins just, they got, uh, let's be frank about it, they got dominated in the final 40 minutes of that game Saturday night. And, it was, it wasn't everybody. Look, if you look at the possession metrics, um, the guys that have played well this year still played pretty well on Saturday night, even in that ugly loss to the Devils. Chris Letang, I know he had the turnover on the power play that led to the shorthanded goal, but at five on five, he was dominant. Jason Zucker, how much more can you say about this guy? He played extremely well. Uh, the second line as a whole had a pretty good night. Malkin and Rust included. The first line was what the first line has been. The anchor, and I mean pos- I mean that positively, the anchor for this team uh, in steering the ship, Sidney Crosby, uh, Jake Gensel, and Ricard Raquel. But when you scroll down to the bottom of those possession metrics is where you find the usual suspects. And it leads you in a direction, a couple directions, where you thought going into the trade deadline, hey, this team, if they can just get a forward added to the mix, whether it's a top six somehow that bumps a rust or Zucker down to the third line. But more importantly, is it a third line center? Is it somebody to give you those quality minutes on the third line and killing penalties 
who can provide some offensive punch, but still possess defensive responsibility. And maybe, who knows, give you the same kind of opportunities in the face-off circle that Jeff Carter, to be quite honest, that's the one thing he's done well this year is win face-offs. But that's the only thing he's really done well because Saturday night we're talking again about Carter's line. Carter, Kapanen, McGinn, near the bottom of the possession metrics. They got utterly handled by the Devils, especially in the final two periods on Saturday night. Teddy Bluger was not great either, and he has not bathed himself in glory this year, and that's becoming a problem for whoever his wings are on the fourth line. Drew O'Connor didn't have a great night, uh, but Drew O'Connor hasn't been a problem this year. More often than not, he's been one of the few bright spots. Uh, And I mentioned new problems popping up. Before we get to the goaltending issue, and by the way, I don't think Dustin Tokarski played a bad game on Saturday night. He just got absolutely pelted in the second and third period. Uh, 16 shots on goal from the Devils in the second, 15 in the third, 43 total. Uh, Tokarski, to his credit, made a great you know, the scorpion save uh, on the shorthanded attempt in the third period when the Devils were really dominating the Penguins' power play, which is now 2 of 19 since the All-Star break. Looked absolutely awful. Sharon Govich. Uh, with the shorthanded opportunity there that Tokarski stopped. But again, the goaltending situation is separate. Let's hold that off for just a minute. The issue of defensive depth now, I think, has to be addressed because Chad Ruedel is not getting it done as your seventh defenseman. He's just not. He had an awful game against New Jersey. And when you look at this team's lineup, Brian Dumoulin is still playing on the top line. Brian Dumoulin is still getting top defensive pairing minutes. I mean, 20 minutes a night? That, why is, why is, I understand he kills penalties, but even with Dumoulin's game improving over the last month, he still should not be getting top defensive pairing minutes. And he is, and that's not good. Brian Dumoulin should be p- playing third pairing minutes. Uh, and again, they're not totally healthy on the blue line. I get that. Uh, but is Jan Ruda the answer? Okay. I, I like the game Ruda has played more often than not this year. And I like him on the top pair, or excuse me, on the third pairing with POJ when they get an opportunity to play together when Ruda is healthy. But that still leaves you with an open spot on the top line. Are we going to go back to Petter? Should we go to Pedersen Latang? Okay, I'll take Pedersen Latang as my top pairing. Who's playing second D now with Petrie? POJ. We can bump him up there. Great. Now we've got another hole on the third pairing. Who's going to play next to Ruda once he's healthy? I like Mark Friedman. I know he loses his head sometimes. I know we can have lapses in D zone coverage, which is not what you want. But I think the energy that he brings is something that this team sorely lacks that you can get from a guy playing 14 or 15 minutes a night on a third defensive pairing. And something that's lacking that much, I'm willing to give up some things on the back end, quite literally in this case, to get Mark Friedman in the lineup when he's healthy. But again, now we're talking about health again. Ruta still out. Friedman dinged up. They don't have the depth on this blue line right now to get through more than one series of the playoffs. I mean, I don't even have enough to get through a single series of the playoffs because Ruedel's not good enough. Maybe you get Ty Smith back up. Uh, but is that going to be enough? Uh, they don't have the defensive depth. And so is that something else you need to shop for at the trade deadline? Okay, we're talking... Man, it's third line center. We're talking defensive depth. And oh yeah, here's the elephant that just walked into the room or that's been sitting back in the corner there munching on peanuts the whole time. And that is, who, who do you count on 
between the pipes for this team come playoff time. Who? It's not Dustin Tokarski. Again, I didn't have a, too big a problem with the way he played Saturday night because the guys in front of him hung him out to dry, giving up more than 40 shots. Uh, but it's not Casey DeSmith because you can't count on him to give you consistent effort. One night, he's fantastic. He's the guy that showed up against Colorado in the third period in overtime. Another night, he's a guy that gets absolutely blown away by the Kings in L.A. Uh, so you can't count on DeSmith. And we don't know if we can count on Tristan Jari because we haven't seen him do it in the playoffs. And even when we talk about regular season, is he healthy? We don't know what's wrong with him right now. We know it's an upper body injury. And for some reason, they keep thinking he's close, but he's not actually back in the lineup. You've heard whispers from some people. Is it a concussion? Is that why? Are they just not saying it? Uh, is it, what is it then? What, what What is it with Tristan Jari? And when he does get healthy and he's able to come back, how long are we going to go before whatever it is or something else pops up and he's unavailable? This team needs a veteran backup goaltender who you can count on to jump into the mix, to use a, a Mike Tomlinism, uh, jump on a moving train, come playoff time if that's what it comes to, or late in the regular season. And if that means shipping Casey DeSmith out, uh, then you do it. Uh, at this point, you've got too many issues, though, if you're Ron Hextall, to patch all the holes, right? How many more fingers can you stick in the dam before the water is just coming out in too many spots? And I think that's where Hextall's at at this point. Look, he says he doesn't want to deal his first-round pick. You're going to have to. You're going to have to. If 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 you want to, and the the Leafs getting uh, getting Ryan O'Reilly and Noel Achari was a mega deal. I don't expect Hextall to pull anything like that off. It would have been a great deal for the Penguins. I would have given up all the draft picks that the Leafs gave up in order to pull that off. But Hextall's going to have to, if, if we're just talking about one piece of that deal, if we're just talking about, for example, O'Reilly, then you're talking about a first round pick. You're talking about an established player, probably a young established player. Uh, you're going to have to move out cap space and or involve a third team to eat some of the contract that's coming back to you, depending on who the player is and what their, their cap hit is. There's so much going into just making one necessary move. If you're Ron Hextall right now, how do you make the two or three necessary moves to take this team from, hmm, getting into the playoffs and playing around and probably getting bounced by Carolina in six, two, or if they play Boston in five, maybe four, Boston, an absolute juggernaut right now, uh, two, oh, no, no, no. We feel like we have the pieces that we can put it together and we can make a run to at least the conference finals or we consider ourselves cup contenders. Think of how much has to happen to get the Penguins to that point. You've got to revamp your entire third line add more scoring punch to the mix while doing so you've got to add defensive depth and find a veteran goaltender. You feel like you can trust should your starter go down, down the stretch or in the playoffs. Good luck getting all that done when you've got $16,000 worth of cap space. They're in a bad way. Don't worry. That's why we have Jenna Harner of WPXI channel 11. Uh, she is effusively positive. She'll find bright spots even in this Pittsburgh Penguins team right now. How do I know? Because I, I'm going to count on her to do it. Jenna Harner of Channel 11 WPXI. She joins me next right here on Fifth Avenue Faceoff. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time. It's time to hit the ice, Penguin fans. Chris Mack has you covered with all the news and notes surrounding, surrounding your Penguin. Only on. Fifth Avenue Faceoff. Welcome back into Fifth Avenue Faceoff. I'm Chris Mack of 93.7 The Fan and The Fan Morning Show. Pleased to be joined this weekend, a rare weekend edition of the show, by WPXI's Jenna Harner. Jenna, thanks for making some time. Uh, it's a beautiful day outside, and you decided to commit a few minutes of your day to talking about this hockey team that has us all absolutely spun in knots so thank you for for doing it i appreciate it you're welcome i feel like it can kind of be cathartic right a little bit just to like air out some grievances get some things out talk through everything that's happening and what's going on and there are things that are going great and then there's things you're just like what, what what's oh, happening here? you see things that are going great let's start there Oh, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad someone sees some positives so <laughs> start me there jenna where what is going right because I, I have a piece of paper here with a list of things that are not going right that we can talk about, especially after the last 48 hours, uh, the loss on Long Island after blowing a 3-1 lead, the loss at home to the Devils when they the Penguins seemingly got dominated for the last 40 minutes of that game. So before we get to the negatives, though, let's maybe we'll do a little compliment sandwich here. We'll, we'll say something nice about the Penguins first. What do you have? Ricard Raquel. Ricard Raquel okay. has been so fun to watch and he as much as we've talked about some of the guys that this new management has let go and obviously contract situations obviously you know I know so many people are looking at the fact oh my god what if this team had the Jerry McCann what if this team Mm -hmm. had Brandon Tanev right now and say even Sam Lafferty who's being talked about as a trade piece in Chicago which feels crazy to think of all the little I know snowball effect kind of wild but Ricard Raquel has been the decision that this management, this group, Ron Hextall, Brian Burke, they got right. And you just see it in the way that he's played. His numbers recently have been amazing. And I just keep looking back at what he did to set up Malkin against the Devils on Saturday night. And just mm-hmm. that is his, that's what he's been doing. He, no matter who he's playing with, whether he's on the top line, whether he's on the second line, he compliments whoever he plays with so well. And I think he's been really fun to watch. And so it's a small one, small bright spot, but we're trying to find them, trying to find some. And I think, I mean, he's been great. And of course, looking just at the fact that they have four twenty goal scorers, which is great, but then it's like, okay, you look why. And then the rest of the lineup doesn't have nearly enough as what they should have. Yeah. And that's, you know, you're right. The Raquel, uh, that was a beautiful little give and go with Malkin to set him up for that first goal last night. Um, that one was really nice. And Raquel has been a bright spot. He, I think he played a really good game out on Long Island 
on Friday night and has been, for the most part, a big bright spot over the course of the last year for this team, getting him locked up long term. I kind of questioned it first, but it makes a ton of sense now. And it looks like if he plays anything like he has this season for the majority of that contract, they will get more than their money's worth. Um, but here's, here's the other, I'm going to be, I'm going to be negative Nancy here. I'm going to be Debbie Downer. Mm. Um, this power play since the all-star break has been atrocious, not just look again, a pretty goal by Malkin last night. Okay. On the power play, but two of 19 since the all-star break on the power play, they're giving up shorthanded, not just chances, but against the devils, a shorthanded goal. Um, I don't know what the fix is because I, I, you're not changing personnel at this point. You've got the personnel that you have on the power play. So I don't know how to explain what the problem is with this power play. It isn't just on the road anymore that the power play has been struggling. It's now since the break, since they came back from the break, again, two of 19. And if they're not going to be good five on five, they're going to have to win uh, on special teams. And this is not getting it done. No, and look, we expect so much from this power play just because of the names that are on it. When you have a power play that features Chris Letang, Sidney Crosby, and Evgeny Malkin, ideally you think there is going to be something created, and then you throw in Jay Gensel in there, and then whether who, you know, whoever that second, that fifth guy is that they're having play, you expect a lot from this power play. You expect a lot from these guys, and I just don't know. I always go back to Phil Bork and what Phil Bork always says when there's power play struggles on this team. And he, it's a classic one, but just keep it simple, stupid. Mm-hmm. Yes, keep it simple. And it's so, it gets frustrating because I feel like we see them trying to do too much sometimes. We see these guys knowing the situation that they're in, knowing they're in a slump, knowing the power play hasn't been what they've expected it to be and what it was kind of at the mid range point of the season when they were firing on all cylinders and it seemed like they were gaining a lot of chances. Now it's especially with what we saw against the Devils. I was saying to some of my coworkers last night when we were watching the game, I'm sitting there and I'm like, the Devils are probably just taking penalties at this point because they know the Penguins aren't going to do anything with the power play. And they're probably going to get more offensive chances if they're in New Jersey going the other way. They're going to be able to use their speed in their transition game. And the zone entries, the way that that was all, they were all trying to get, um, you know, the Penguins were trying to get gain the zone and the Devils were kind of playing them high and pressuring and they just weren't allowing them to get those clean zone entries to get set up, to get anything going. I can understand the frustration and you're right at this point, it's kind of like, what, what more can they do? Because personnel isn't going to change. You're not going to flip flop guys because who else do you have in that sense? And and I think the book is out too on this team in that when you pressure them high in the zone on their zone entries, whether it's man advantage or five on five, most of this team wants to try and stick handle around it rather than just getting the puck deep. And yeah. it's one of those Mike Sullivan, uh, like core elements uh, that he tries to teach and that they still refuse to really grasp that w- when you do see the power play play well in the postseason in particular, when teams really do ratchet up that high zone pressure on the entry, it's because they just dump it in, regain possession, and then set up shot. They don't look to do something pretty, but I get the feeling, especially now that they're struggling, they're, when this team struggles on the power play or offensively at all, they start to try and get too pretty and it needs, it needs, like you said, dumbing down, it needs simplified. And until they start to do that, you're going to get what we have, which is a team that struggles to do anything, both getting into the zone on the power play or in transition. Uh, It's just, it's tough to watch guys with this much skill, not grasp the concept, especially on the second half of a back-to-back due to their age 
of, of just simplifying the game. Yeah, and, and we hear Mike Sullivan talk about it, and he was incredibly livid after Saturday's game against the Devils, just in the frustration and in the way he was expressing, you know, the answers to the questions reporters were asking. But he, he said it just comes down to execution. It just comes down to doing the little things right, and there's so much emphasis on that. We hear that from him so frequently. But when you see one guy not doing something right, whether it's so minuscule, it's just like a mishandling of the puck or it's a stupid giveaway that leads to the devil's shorthanded goal. All of a sudden it is kind of blown up more than just being under the little microscope where, you know, okay, this guy makes a mistake that contributes to this. And all of a sudden it becomes such a bigger thing because so many of these guys aren't executing and aren't paying attention to the little details. That is such a big part of Mike Sullivan's system. It's, you know, Hey, here's how we play. Here's how we know we can win. Or at least as he always says, gives ourselves the best chance at success, the best chance to win. But in reality, when the little things aren't going right and when, you know, little execution and minute details aren't happening, all of a sudden we see what we see in the last couple games. You see the way that this team can't hold on to a lead. I think that's something that's incredibly frustrating. And that's something that Mike Sullivan said, you know, you guys asked me this so much and how much more can we say? Because it's happened so much. It's so frequent now. Well, and it's not fair to Mike Sullivan because I think he's coaching them the same way he's always coached them. Not to say that he hasn't, he hasn't evolved or changed things over time, but you see the frustration in his face and in his voice after Saturday night's game, even after Friday night's loss, you saw some frustration in his voice and the way he talked about Casey DeSmith's performance, for example. Um, I don't know. It's not fair, but I don't know if he's able to get through to these guys. And, And that's the scary part because look, in the NHL, it's all always all too common that, okay, the head coach, his message stops resonating. Well, we'll simply just move on to the next guy. And Mike Sullivan's not a guy that I think you just simply throw out and go find a new head coach. Like This is a guy that's coaching them to do the right things. And it's not just simply resting on the laurels of two Stanley Cups five years ago, six years ago, when people say, well, you can't fire Mike Sullivan. It's because you don't want to fire Mike Sullivan because he's still the best guy for the job, I think. And it, it it would be it would be cutting off your nose to spite your face. Yeah, and that's exactly something too. I know that there's already people talking about, oh, maybe it is time to move. And it's like, no, 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 that's not going to be the solution right now. Mm-hmm. I think, unfortunately, this team is incredibly handcuffed. And the reality of things, the reality of where they're at is this team is probably the fourth or fifth best team in the Metro division right now. Looking at the likes of Carolina, of the Rangers, of the Devils, The Penguins are just not there. And I know that that's really hard for a lot of people to hear just because of what this team is consistently. When you look at this team and you look at the Penguins and you look at the names on this roster, it's hard not to immediately say, of course, they're a Stanley Cup contender. They have Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, and then all the other stars that are on this team that are part of this team. But in reality, unfortunately, they're very handcuffed right now. They're very, you know, locked into the guys that they have the contracts it's just the cap situation i know that that's been a big talk of talking point too it's kind of just they're very handcuffed and it's very tough for this team to be able to do a lot of things that i think so many people are expecting and obviously injuries and um the goalie situation which i'm sure we could spend a ton of time on too but i think when people look at mike sullivan and say you know hey is he the problem maybe getting rid of him will change things I don't think that that's going to be the solution, frankly. And unfortunately, it's just one of those years right now where they're kind of 
they are what they are right now. And not to say that they can't change and not to say that, you know, this team can't get on a roll, but they're older. They, the third line is not producing. They don't have the depth that they have. If the top line isn't, the top two lines aren't going, this team doesn't have a whole lot to generate from their bottom half, which is what you need from any Stanley Cup contender. Not only is the third line not generating offense, they are just getting dominated. I mean, they got manhandled by Jersey last night uh, on Saturday night. And I think, you know, when you look at, for example, the possession metrics and the three of the five bottom names on that sheet are your third line, Teddy Bluger is another name, and then a depth defenseman like Chad Ruedel is in there as well. Those yeah. are the guys you need to count on to not get blown out possession wise. And they are, they're getting absolutely handled. Do you have any more of those bright spots that we talked about earlier? That's a good question. Yeah. Compliment. Okay. Sam, kind of yeah. bringing it back here. Okay. Um, so I, let, hold that thought for just a second. Cause I want to okay. give people a reason to hang on through the break. <laughs> Jenna has another bright spot to bring up as far as the penguins are concerned, despite all the negatives coming out of losing the back to back to the Islanders and the Devils, and getting ready for another one next weekend. Jenna's been nice enough to offer to stick through for a few more minutes. We'll do that. We'll give you a bright spot and continue to talk about how the Penguins can try to turn things around in the midst of this very busy part of the schedule as these games in hand evaporate and slip right through their fingers. That next on Fifth Avenue Faceoff. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time. It's time to hit the ice, Penguin fans. Chris Mack had you covered with all the news and notes surrounding Surrounding your Penguin. Only on 5th Avenue Faceoff. Welcome back in 5th Avenue Faceoff. I'm Chris Mack. Jenna Harner, nice enough to stick around for just a few more minutes because she has bright spots, people. She She has positives. I don't... Look... They're few and far between. You mentioned Ricard Raquel earlier. Great point. He has been huge for this team. I don't know where they'd be offensively, especially in the last couple of games, without Raquel. Setting up Malkin against New Jersey, scoring one of his own, uh, scoring a couple of his own against the Islanders. He has looked really, really strong. So give me another bright spot. Give people a, a reason to believe, Jenna. Sidney Crosby. And I know okay. that feels like an obvious. I really yeah. know it feels like an obvious, but I, there's been a lot of discussion and I've been hearing a lot from a lot of different people in the hockey community about, is this one of his best seasons? Which is so funny because one, I feel like we ask that pretty much every year because right. this is just what he does. And this is just why he's so player he is and why he's so incredibly talented and what he do, has done for this team and franchise. But I think just with the and it's so hard. I, I kind of go a bunch of different places with this, but it's so hard to not 
look at him and not look at what he brings to this team and say that he elevates the play of the guys around him. And I think there is going to be a point because I don't think this team looks at themselves right now and is kind of like pressing the panic button the way that so many of us, I think are. And so many people want to just because of what the results that we've seen the last couple of weeks and the problem areas that continue to play this team. I think there is going to be a point in the next couple of weeks, if they keep losing games like this, where you see something happen with Sid. I mean, frankly, also, he's the one that's out there. You know, he's standing up for Jake in points. Like, you don't need Sidney Crosby to be your enforcer. That is absolutely not bringing Raquel back into the conversation here. Um, The other night when Dougie Hamilton kind of had some words and some extra little shoves and pushes with Sid, you saw Ricard Raquel come skate right in and was like, yeah, no, 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 you're not going to do this. So I think there is going to be a point where if this team keeps collapsing the way that they've been collapsing, Sid's going to do something. Sid's going to say something. And they're going to be like, yeah, we can't like, we, we got to figure this out. We got to go back to what's been helping us out. What's been bringing us success. And, you know, maybe they've already gotten to that point and maybe they're having these conversations today, right now. We don't entirely know, but I just think that there is going to be some point where this team is like, look, we know this, you know, playoff stretch that this record that we've set that this team has made, like, we're not going to be that team that has this blemish that we were the team that missed the playoffs for the first time in 16 seasons. And sure as heck, not going to be the one, the reason that like Sidney Crosby doesn't make the playoffs. You know, that's a good point. As, as nice as it is that Mike Sullivan teaches them to keep an emotional keel level, uh, level head, keep it even keeled. Um, sometimes I wonder, do they need that breaking point to find that energy? You know, you see them play well in the first period against the devil Saturday night, but then just seemingly get lost in it for the final 40 minutes, um, and, and not look like they're, I guess, emotionally, or their energy is up to the task. You see them give up these response goals that we've talked about so often, right? Whether it's early or late in a period, or in the case of yesterday's game, a minute 20 after Evgeny Malkin scores, bang, Mercer gets one back for the Devils. We've seen that happen numerous times this season. And all of that, I think, feeds into a level of energy or emotion that you need to have to play this game. And yes, you you want to preach staying even keeled so that when you know, a Matt Martin comes along and tries picking a fight with somebody, you're able to walk away from it and not get yourself in a shorthanded situation. But you also need to have that energy and emotion to snap out of it sometimes. And this team is desperately in need of it right now. Yeah, no doubt about that. I mean, there's times where it's like, where's the spark? Where's the energy? Mm-hmm. I feel like there are times I'm tweeting during the game, you know, when I'm not tweeting death taxes and the Penguins allowing a quick response goal, I'm <laughs> tweeting, what's going on? Where's this energy here? Because you, you you expect that, you see that. And I feel like you look at the teams right now that are dominating, you look at the Bruins, the Hurricanes, even the Tampa Bay Lightnings of the world. You look at these teams and night in, night out, their energy, that level is consistent. And they play those full 60 minutes. Watching the stadium series, um, Caps and Hurricanes, the announcers were saying, you know, there are very few teams in the league that can play a full 60 minute game like the Carolina Hurricanes can. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, Yes, this is so true. I would honestly probably tell me say about it. it, guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's the Canes, it's the Bruins, and it's you know maybe put Toronto in there, although they're still kind of fluky up and down to me. And Tampa, like those are the three teams mm-hmm. right now that I'm like you can count on these teams to bring that every single night. And I think the Penguins are just they're it's like you're they're right. I don't even want to say they're right there, but it's like 
they're just missing that like last little bit. And it's just like, it is, it's like, you want, you're like, what, what can it be? What more can they get? And I mean, the guys in the locker room, they, they know what they need. They know what's going on. And it almost, I, I almost want to say it might be kind of a breath of fresh air or a weird way where it's just like, okay, they're not panicking because they know that they just have a job to do. And I think, you know, uh, you can play shoulda, coulda, woulda all you want, but if they had come out with even a point against the Islanders, I think it might be an entirely different conversation right now where it's like this team isn't pressing the panic button as much because they get one or two points out of a possible four versus none against the Metro, which in theory is like an eight-point swing. Yeah, and it's it's why I, I think, look, I understand wanting to evaluate your team and what you have and what you need to do. And it's not easy to make deals given the state of things right now for, for most teams around the league. But if you're Ron Hextel, I think you have to be pressing to get something done in the next week, week and a half before the, the final few days of the deadline are upon us, because that's the kind of thing that does breathe that fresh air into the room that you're talking about, right? Like it's the ship has sailed already on Ryan O'Reilly, but I would have loved to have seen that move not just because it's a, a veteran guy with cup experience who can, you know, with leadership, who can uh, who, who can play the third line and kill penalties for you, but because that's the kind of guy that walks into the room and bang, there's an instant spark. Um, to, to bring it back to that, though, and the idea of making a move, I'm going to put you in Ron Hextall's shoes for just a minute. Your Penguins general manager, Jenna Harner. We now know that the the third line needs to be taken care of. That is unquestionably something that needs to be addressed at the deadline. We know that uh, goaltending may be something that I don't know if Hextall wants to address it, but certainly is something that needs to be thought about. Uh, depth on defense, I'll be quite honest. Chad Ruedel looked way out of his depth Saturday night against the Devils. He had an awful game, and I don't know if that's the guy I want to turn to as my seventh defenseman come the playoffs when there's an injury or two, and Dumoulin for that matter, um, although he's been better of late, is still not you know vintage Brian Dumoulin. So. I lay all those things out before you, General Manager Jenna Harner, and I ask you, what does your to-do list, your, your by priority, look like with just ten days to go until the deadline? Well, I do think it starts with the question of what's going on with Tristan Jari, because Mike Sullivan, ahead of the Devils game, when he did his you know pregame. Uh, meet with the available meet with the media and his availability he was talking about how you know Jari has also not not just been seeing the team doctors but a group of outside consultants and that was something that was really intriguing to me because what entirely does he mean by that what is the status of Tristan Jari and hopefully we'll learn in a couple days more is he trending towards is he going to be able to play and is he going to be able to be even 80% of himself? Because clearly it seems like he's kind of dealing with, and it's more going to be more, it seems at least from the get the readings I'm kind of getting, it seems like it's gonna be more of like a pain management type of thing and him kind of like managing things that might Mm. be out, you know, that might require something more at the end of the season. I don't entirely know, but something along those lines, I think you have to see like they're probably, you know, in closed door, in closed rooms, figuring out what's going on and what's going to be the reality of the situation. Because to me, if Tristan Jari can't come back or can't come back at 70, 80 percent, goaltending has to be addressed because yeah. as much as it's it's been Casey Smith, when he's been great this season, he has been great. But when we saw against the Islanders, when he's not, he's not. And this yeah. team can't count on this team to win 
games by scoring five, six goals when the power play struggles have been continuing and when generating offense comes from the top two lines. So it kind of feels like immediately if goaltending is going to be a bigger question, I think you kind of have to see if you can address it. Unfortunately, it's just tough in that way. I think the cap situation with this team right now is incredibly handcuffed and you're going to have to dump some guy. It's just what, who, who is a valuable trade asset, which I feel bad saying, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I, I've been hearing people talking about potentially a Jake Gensel move. And to me, I'm just like, that, that doesn't feel, I, I don't feel like that's going to be the solution. And that feels like it would be kind of like trying to mortgage things now for yeah. a future that might not be coming. So depth is no doubt a huge depth on, especially the third line is also kind of my two areas. So basically long-winded answer of me saying, I think that you need to look at goaltending and what the situation with Jari is going to be in his injuries. And if it's going to be something more pressing, go in that route, but no doubt. I mean, scoring depth is going to be huge here. If you want to make a deep Stanley cup run, I mean, 16 to 17, Brian Russ was a third line guy. Yeah. So that right there, I mean, just. And, and that, that circles back around to something I've seen some people talk about is, Hey, do you want to swing big on a top six forward? Because then you can slide Rust or Zucker down to the third line, fill out that third line with a little bit more offensive potential and firepower. But now you're talking about, a goaltending position that may need addressed, right? We're yeah. talking about uh, if you're going to gun for a top six forward, that's going to cost you a pretty penny. To your point, the cap space isn't there, so you're going to have to foist somebody off, maybe include a third team to get yeah. the, the cap space available to eat up a salary of somebody coming back in. I mean, look, this is what Ron Hextall gets paid the, the big bucks for, as they would say, but like, yeah. I don't know if there's enough creativity it's not a shot at Ron Hexel I just don't know how many GMs are going to be able to find the creativity that for example Kyle Dubas found to pull off the O'Reilly and Achari trade like you're talking about four draft picks you're talking about a third team involved just to eat a quarter of O'Reilly's salary yeah. that's what the Penguins would have to do just to get that top six forward and now we're talking about folding in the goaltending issue on top of it a depth defenseman perhaps as well I don't, I don't think there's enough time, enough resources, enough anything for Hextall to get all of that done. And you end up coming back to, well, maybe this is just what they have. And if this is what they have, then it comes back to, like you said, a Sidney Crosby, someone in leadership walking into the room one day and saying, guys, this is not it. We've got to figure it out because we can't be this bad in our own division because that's what's going to get us smoked in the first round again. Yeah. And look, like we saw a little bit of how Hextall and Burke kind of handled last year because of the fact that they did wait. And there are, they are guys that it seems like they're going to wait more for, Hey, this deal is here. This is good. This is what we're looking for. Like everything that I heard, it seemed like they did, weren't going to get Raquel because of what the offering price was. And then the day that trade deadline happened and the offering price that came down for Raquel all of a sudden it was like hey this is a deal we do want to make so it does feel like from what we saw last year they're gonna wait a little bit longer they both kind of have tended to do that and Hextall has continued to do that when in his time in Philly and obviously his time here so I, I it's tough because you want something to happen immediately because you want right. something to be like, you know, get this guy in now, make a move before these guys are gone type situations. But 
I feel like they're going to be patient more than anything. And that could be a good thing, or that could end up kind of biting them in the butt. And just unfortunately, again, we keep going back to the cap. I think in the next couple of years, you're going to see things. Everyone's going to have a lot easier of a time. And it'll be intriguing to see kind of how the league shifts based on all the surplus of money that's going to be coming in compared to what these teams have been dealing with because of COVID the last handful of seasons. But it's just the way of the NHL right now. And that's one one thing that one final thing before I let you run that as people and, and look looking into the future is an important part of of talking about this organization because Sidney Crosby may want to play until he's forty five I don't know he strikes me as the Tom Brady type that will play as long as he can keep his yeah. game elevated at that level um, Malkin and Latang Latang's under contract for another five years he's not going anywhere Malkin we don't know but my point is. I'm not as worried. People keep coming back to the first round pick and, you know, mortgaging the future. I'm not as worried about that because I do look at it and say, hey, the cap is going to go up in the next couple of years. There will be a financial bounce back from the post-COVID, post-pandemic effect. And at that point, I'm not as worried about Hextall's ability to draft a first round pick in 2023 because you will be able to go out and spend money on free agency and bring bring players in that you need to get through what people just presume are going to be the post Crosby Malkin Latang doldrums, right? Like you don't have to resign yourself to the fact that it's going to be Rico Fada and Ramsey Abid and the X generation because <laughs> It is a capped league, and when the cap goes up, you're going to be able to spend to it. Fenway Sports Group will spend to the cap. This isn't going to be you know, the late 90s, early 2000s when you had to mortgage off Yarmer Yager because you couldn't afford to pay him, and you had to mortgage off everything because you didn't have the money and there was no cap in place. We're, we're, we're not in that world anymore. So I don't worry as much about the future. I am here for Ron Hextall making as many moves as he can now, today, to not just get him into the playoffs for a 17th straight year, but hopefully, fingers crossed, knock on wood, actually get beyond the first round of the playoffs. Jenna, thanks so much for taking the time today. I really do appreciate it. Um, let's hope we're talking uh, a little while down the line again when we catch up about a team that's maybe found something, especially post-trade deadline. But I'm not holding out hope that they'll get anything done sooner rather than later. Again, I really appreciate you taking the time today to join. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Great stuff, as always, from Jenna Harner. Love chopping it up with her. Uh, And it makes a ton of great points, uh, not the least of which is if this team is not able to bring all the pieces in that they would like to bring in, then the guys that they have are the kind of veteran leaders, especially at the top of the roster, with the the letters on the front of their jersey uh, in Crosby, Malkin, and Letang who have to be able to take control of the room and get things moving in the right direction, get guys to follow their lead and they need to follow Mike Sullivan's lead, which again, to the point Jenna and I talked about earlier has to include playing simpler hockey, especially, especially with the playoffs approaching and so many games left in the Metro big games against not just the Islanders, but a huge week coming up in March against the Rangers when they play three times. They've got to they've got to simplify their game. And yes, it's on Ron Hextall to go out and add a piece or two, maybe more. Uh, but it's on those guys to to prove to Hextall that they can play the way Sullivan wants them to. Uh, and if they don't start doing that, then the troubles will only continue. When you've got Edmonton coming to town, you got another game against the Islanders before that. Uh, you got another back to back as part of this six games in ten day stretch where. You'll be coming home late after a game in St. Louis to a waiting Tampa Bay Lightning team in Pittsburgh. Um, they got to get it together quick 
whether Hextall adds something to the mix right away or waits until the deadline to do it. Thanks so much for listening to another edition of Fifth Avenue Faceoff. Be sure to subscribe inside your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts so that every new episode gets sent directly to your app. Again, whether it's Odyssey or another service you use to get your podcast, we update it three times a week. We keep you on top of things here. As again, the deadline approaches, the stretch run continues, and the playoffs, hopefully, eh, fingers crossed again, knock on wood, uh, the playoffs in the offing for a 17th consecutive season for these Pittsburgh Penguins. Again, I mentioned Islanders, Oilers, and then a back-to-back situation all upcoming. Eric Tangrady will rejoin for a new episode on Tuesday. Following episode, we'll have Tango again. Uh, we'll talk to Hunter Hodes of Locked On Penguins later in the week. Uh, we'll get some previews from out beyond uh, the other side of the league. Yeah, we'll talk to Jason Greger from Edmonton ahead of that Crosby, McDavid, Pence, Oilers matchup in the middle of the week. Plenty still to come. Thanks again for downloading, listening, rate, and review on your way out as well. This is Chris Mack for another edition of Fifth Avenue Faceoff.